0: What is up, everyone, and welcome to the It's Called Soccer Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk all about US soccer abroad and domestically. I am your host, Jake, in London, England, joined by my co-host Tom in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Tom, what's going on?
1: Oh, not much. Sorry for the voice again on the capo stand last night for a really fun league match or domestic cup match for Chattanooga FC. A blast of a game, but I'm I'm feeling the effects a little bit today. Fell off the capo stand, scraped up my leg pretty bad. But we're we're bouncing back just fine. Happy to be on the pod again.
0: Nobody can tell us that our this podcast doesn't care about local soccer. They're local clubs, we support those local clubs. <laughs> and Ryan in K Town, Germany. What's going on, man? How are you?
2: Not much, man. Hanging out, just trying to survive this heat wave. Uh, nice to have Zweig Liga, the uh, you know second Bundesliga kickoff. Uh, so you know hopefully have some local games to go to and one of the best parts is can now watch the games on ESPN plus now that K Town got promoted. Uh, so besides that, uh, actually recently I was just talking with uh, people that are involved with the Kaizen Slaughter team. It's awesome to have you know a youth kid in the ranks that we can go follow. So if you haven't, I hadn't heard the name until today. So if you haven't heard the name of Monty Cool, can't make this up. Monty Cool Breath. Uh, you know, he's a young <laughs> dual Nats, so it's, it's fitting for the area, given the fact that Kaiserslautern is the biggest congregation of Americans outside the United States, so you know, a, lot of, a lot of dual Nats in the area, so now uh, a fun young local kid to go check out. Hopefully, I'll make it down to the training uh, facility and catch a gamer you coming up.
0: I feel like Spearmint or some gum company needs to scoop him up as an endorsement.
2: <laughs> Wrigley's <laughs> or something.
0: Yeah, We won't talk about it too much on the podcast, but it did seem that uh, Timothy Tillman and Julian Green both, I think, scored recently for their club in the two Bundesliga. But we are going to talk mostly about Americans in the first division during this podcast. Specifically, we're going to talk through some of the transfers that happened over the last week. Chris Richards should be announced shortly to Crystal Palace. So one of our very important defenders hopefully on this World Cup roster, is going to the Premier League, joining Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson, who moved to Leeds over this transfer window as well. Malik Tillman is on loan to Rangers in the Scottish Premiership, and Haji Wright completes his loan move to be a full transfer to Antalya Spor in Turkey, the team that he helped reach for Europe last season. So we'll talk through all those transfers. Then we have a preseason update. We have a lot of Americans, number nines, I should say, that scored this past weekend in the preseason. We have a few nines in MLS that are starting to heat up as well, specifically Jesus Ferreira and Brendan Vasquez. And then we'll talk through our preseason predictions. So we'll spend a few minutes talking about who we think will have the most goals over the next season, who our comeback player of the year will be, who the best transfer we think made in the summer was, and who that breakout player is going to be across the U.S. nations. Uh, Guys, so let's just get started and dive right into Chris Richards to Crystal Palace. I think if anything, this is probably one of the most exciting transfers that we'll have throughout this window for Americans. I mean, personally, it was great to see Chris Richards at Hoffenheim on loan from Bayern, but it didn't seem like he was going to get a ton of playing time at Bayern with them buying Delict. So uh, Ryan, I'm going to start with you because I know you're a big fan of Chris Richards. You uh, have some family ties as well. But what do you think about this move to Crystal Palace? Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. With training camp right around the corner, Bet Online has opened up odds for team wins, division futures, and of course, the Super Bowl. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. To receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. That's
2: huge, man. Uh, I I would have loved obviously for him to go back to Hoffenheim. I know they were in the running trying to get him. Him playing other Hunas and being in that environment was really great for his development. But this so that was kind of guaranteed minutes for him, I feel like if he had gone back there. But, you know, tip of the hat to him. He's going to take the opportunity to really challenge himself and in a really important year. So Vieira has been really outspoken. And, and you know, every coach always says for every transfer, like, oh, he was one of our big targets. We're really happy he got him. But, you know, sometimes that is true. Uh, And I think this is one of those occasions where it's not just window dressing or media talk. Uh, This is actually a player that Vieira really does see fitting into, into his system well Um, I don't know if they'll switch to a back three, so he's definitely got some stiff competition for him. Uh, Anderson, and I can't even – I'll just go with his first name, Mark, uh, the other center back from uh, Crystal Palace, both amassed over 2,900 minutes last year. So, you know, getting minutes with that back two is going to be pretty tough. Um, But, you know, I think Chris's ability to fit in – with Vieira's style of wanting his center backs to play out of the back, he fits perfectly. So that's why he was, you know, a, a target for Crystal Palace to go after. Um, they do start the season off with three huge matches of uh, Arsenal, Liverpool, and Aston Villa. So, I, uh, you know, I think that's something that's, if we could see him start to get some minutes in a few of those games in the beginning, that that will be the sign of, hey, hopefully for the rest of the season we'll see this guy, whether it's, you know potentially alternating games uh or you know getting sub minutes towards the end or if he can outright come in and, and beat out anderson uh you know anderson was definitely a staple of that back line and you know those two players complement each other really well in the back but i i would see more of the distribution role that anderson has with that center back pairing is something that chris sees as an opportunity that he can compete with him and potentially get more minutes Uh, If you haven't had a chance, I would highly recommend, there was a gentleman named Cameron Myers. I I hadn't heard the name, but he wrote a a lengthy piece uh, that he put out on like medium.com. You can find it somewhere on Twitter. And it breaks down every aspect of, you know, minutes and the history with the center backs and Vieira at Crystal Palace, how Chris Richards can potentially come and fit in there. Uh, So if you have a minute and you really want a, a A good full in-depth background it's maybe like a 20-minute read it's not terribly bad but highly recommend it there's an article by cameron Myers. go check it out
0: nice yeah and i was taking a look as well at the way the crystal palace played last year a lot of 4-2-3-1 but they had played a three in the back in two specific games one was their fa cup semi-final loss to chelsea 2-0 and then they tried it again against aston villa away with three matches to go. So it seemed like towards the end of the season, Patrick Vieira was starting to play with it a little bit and just see if he could tweak something in the back line. There has been a a few rumors now that he's looking to build in this three in the back system through preseason. So Chris Richards, to me, seems like the perfect person to play, whether centrally or on that left-sided center back position. Tom, what are you looking forward to as he looks to join Crystal Palace?
1: I'm looking forward to the challenge of it. I think that the Premier League is a very different league from the Bundesliga. He's going to have to take a step up in the pace of the game and the physicality of how the Premier League is played. So we'll see how the adjustment goes for him. But it's a chance to familiarize himself with the opponents he's going to see in the World Cup. It's a chance to get more minutes than he would get on the Bayern bench. Both of those are very good things. He'll be testing his ability to move the ball quickly. Can he distribute as well as he did in the Bundesliga playing against Premier League competition? All of that are... Crucial things to look for with this. I do think that it's likely we see, we see Vieira try that three at the back system summit at the beginning of the year with Connor Gallagher leaving. He's not coming back on loan to palace. It seems like that four, two, three, one is not going to be as preferred as maybe having a Chris Richards, who's an athletic defender and a strong passer who can sort of allow them that tactical flexibility that Vieira has been talking about in his interviews. So yeah, I'm really excited for this move. It's a great way for him to get the minutes he needs to get ready for the world cup and, a great challenge that I think will be perfect for his development.
0: What percentage of minutes available does Chris Richards need to play to lock himself onto the World Cup roster? Tom, what do you think?
1: Not many. I, I think as long as he's getting solid rotation minutes, even maybe 30% of the minutes available, he's on the roster. And if he's starting at Palace, he's a locked on starter for me in Cotter.
0: Yeah. Ryan, you agree?
1: Yeah, hundred uh, percent.
2: I'm obviously going to be partial to it. Uh, but I, honestly, if it's I think that the chances of him getting minutes at Byron were obviously limited, like you said earlier, with the transfers that they brought in, uh, it just didn't look like it was going to happen. Uh, so, you know, 30 minutes if they could even or not 30 minutes, but 30 percent, I thought was kind of spot on by Tom. Uh, but I, I do think that Chris sees it as an opportunity for him to be an outright starter. It's not going to happen in the beginning. We can't rush this thing. You know, again, you know, this is we, we talked about this with some of the other transfers like Adams and Aronson. This is your first year in the prep. People typically don't come in and light the league on fire. So I think it's, it's going to be smart for us all to remain patient. Uh, but as long as we can see signs of him starting to earn the manager's trust, you know, secure up that back line if Palace has a lead, that tells me that Vieira trusts him and likes his ability, like you said, in the air, but also his athleticism ability to build out of the back. If, if we start to see those signs, then, you know, it's for me, it's no question. I mean, even if he was getting, you know, 10 percent of the minutes, I, I still think he should be on the plane to, to Qatar. No problem.
0: Yeah, I mean, even if they stay with a four-in-the-back system, you have to think that Kim Anderson and Mark Guehi, I'm going to go with it, Guehi, um, they're going to need some rest or Chris is going to need to play in the cup competitions. It's also risky to just carry through two very trusted center backs if you play a four-in-the-back system if something goes wrong, if someone gets injured then you really lose 50% of your dependent on defense. So I do think no matter what happens, whether they move to a three in the back system, Chris Richards is going to be in the rotation for Crystal Palace. That's going to be really important minutes of him getting to the world cup and just being a very important part of this U S team. I mean, with what Miles Robinson still out with his Achilles injury, we essentially have Walker Zimmerman, Cameron Carter, Vickers, maybe John Brooks, Eric Palmer Brown. You have to think if, Chris Richards gets some of these minutes, Tom and Ryan, like you're saying, that is really enough to establish himself as the other starter, probably alongside Walker Zimmerman. All right, guys, let's move to another country, same United Kingdom, though. Malik Tillman moves to Rangers in the Scottish Premiership, and now we don't just have Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson on the same team at Leeds. We now have James Sands and Malik Tillman on the same team at Rangers. What do you guys think about this move from Malek Tillman to go on loan from the Bundesliga? Iron uh, just got rid of Robert Lewandowski to Barcelona, so it didn't seem like they really trusted him to be their man up top or play more as a shadow striker. Personally, I think this is a great move. We, we've seen the Scottish Premiership be a really good development league for other players. Someone I just mentioned, Cameron Carter-Vickers, was excellent at Celtic and really built himself into someone that can be an option for the U S team through his performances with Celtics. So Tom, where are you at with Malik Tillman moving to Rangers? I think this is,
1: yeah, there we go. I think this is a great move. I mean, if he's not going to be the starter at Bayern, and I think we saw from this last June window that I don't think he was anywhere near to that level of quality and just the little physicality that would be needed to be Bayern's striker. So if I would have the choice between him playing in the regional Liga in Germany or A Scottish premiership with one of the best teams, a chance to play old firms, a chance to play European competition. It's a no brainer for me. I I think this is an excellent chance to show us what he's got against quality teams and, you know, develop the skills he needs, the physicality he needs to really push for a national team spot.
0: Yeah. Ryan, this is a team that many people maybe won't think about, but they've, they just made the Europa league final and lost in a really close game to a Bundesliga club. Um, what's the level you think Malik Tillman is going to for Rangers? So I think most
2: importantly, it's, it's a level that Greg respects, Uh, you know, he's called in a couple of players like Sands and CCB that are playing in that league. Sands hasn't been necessarily a regular call up, but I think with CV's performances recently we're we could be seeing a lot more of him. He looked great. He's very composed on the ball. So like Tillman moving to the Scottish Premier League, I, you know, it's 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 fine. He, it's exactly what he wants. He wants to get minutes. He's 20 years old. He needs to start developing. And I think it's important. And in like in the way he's going to do that is be getting minutes week in and week out. And I mean, look, historically, the U.S. men's national team has a great history of players playing at Rangers. I mean, Carlos Bocanegro was there. Claudio Reyna was there. Marisa Du, and then also the GOAT of Demarcus Beasley also played there. So if, you know, he's following that track of, you know, potentially spending a year or two playing with Rangers and then hopefully uses that as a springboard onto, you know, potentially uh, a a top five league. Uh, There was a really interesting interview that came out on Rangers TV. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, He he quotes himself as saying that, you know, he's a 10 or an eight. So that's where he sees himself fitting in. But he also talked about that he sees this as an opportunity where he's, you know, he could be a focal point of that team. So that's his expectations as he as he goes into it. Um, you know, he's already made his debut in the preseason, came on in the 69th minute and played against Tottenham. Uh, interesting kind of to read through the comments. I always, I always like getting into the comments and trying to see how the local fans are feeling about it because they're going to be, I think, be the most critical. Uh, and, you know, he definitely got a lot of really warm responses. So, I, you know, playing in front of a fan base like that, that's going to be behind, behind you 110%. He comes, that can only, as long as he plays well, all that's going to do is build this young man's confidence and, you know, really help propel him to the next level. So I think it's a, a fantastic move. They're going to be still getting Europa League or yeah, they'll be getting Europa League minutes. So he they'll have it, like games there to play. They'll have games in the Scottish, Scottish membership to play. So, you know, week in and week out, I wouldn't say the Scottish Premier League is the, the greatest league out there, but Again, I think what's most important is Greg has shown that he rates it, and that's the only person's opinion that matters at this point.
0: I mean, just talking about number eights. If Malik Tillman and Gianluca Busio both have five goal contributions by the time the roster needs to be announced for the World Cup, is the Scottish Premier League or the Serie A a better league? Like, how do we rate players like that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm starting Speechless. a little bit with that, but you know, Busio is and Tillman both offer different tactical flexibilities. Where I think Busio projects as an eight or a six, Tillman kind of projects to either an eight or a winger or a striker. So you can sort of look at what each one value what what each is going to bring tactically to a World Cup roster. I think that there's an argument to be made for both, and I think the leagues are similar quality. So. It's. I don't know where Burhalter would go with that, especially given that both are really young, high upside potential players. So yeah, I think it comes down to me for tactical flexibility more than league quality.
0: Same for you, Ryan. Yeah, and I'm not gonna.
1: Yeah, well,
2: I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I know a ton about Serie B. Uh, you know, I, I haven't watched a single Serie B game ever. So uh you right. know i'm not going to say that i i necessarily rate i know right you're that not a real fan of my life <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i'm sure on some you know dark web website i can find those games live uh I you, you don't watch
0: 17 full matches every weekend god how did, did you, you even get on this wife? podcast i
2: do <laughs> yeah. You, I'm sure if you ask my wife, she, she would say I watch way too much soccer. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I I think Tom kind of nailed it. Uh, these guys do offer a little difference. And, you know, I if we're really looking for someone to add a little fuel defensively to our midfield, and that's where Greg feels that there's a bit of a hole, then, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, Busio has a potential to fill in that role. Um, as we talk about some awards later, or who our predictions are, I might have a guy that could – have a breakout season and fill in that role. Uh, but on the other hand too, you know, Tillman, he, he's definitely going to be a lot more offensive. So if, if he can be in the Scottish Premier Olympic premiership, I expect him to be scoring a handful of goals. I think it's a level that it's, he's going to definitely struggle or not necessarily struggle, but the phys, the physicality of the league will challenge him. It's going to be a lot different. So, you know, we've seen him on the ball. He's clearly a product of a class Academy. He's super smooth on the ball, dribblings really well. And kids not afraid to let it rip from outside the 18. So it's always, you know, a little exciting. Uh, but yeah, for me, it's gonna be dependent on what the role is we're trying to to fit. Uh, but I do see that you know, if Tillman does have a really good start to the season, that he could, you know, we've always talked about who is that fourth eight, and that's potentially a role that he could fit himself into, but also as a self-prescribed 10. Uh, you know, he, is he going to be kind of in that winger position on the USMNT and then invert a little bit in towards the middle? Uh, The kid's definitely got it all in his locker. It's now he's going to get the regular minutes. And that's, I think exactly
1: why he chose Rangers.
0: Yeah. Now it's time to prove it. And he has the proving ground to do it.
1: Yeah. And if you're going to be a player going to Scotland, we normally don't like players going to sort of lower level teams in Scotland, but an attacker playing for Rangers or Celtic, is the best way to go to Scotland to develop, because you're going to see a lot of reps, a lot of attacking minutes. Most teams can't hang with you, and so you're going to be able to sort of get the reps you need to really develop your attacking skill.
0: Yeah. All right, and now talking about a glow-up, Haji Wright has made his move from Denmark to Turkey uh, to the team Antalyaspor, <laughs> where he had uh, over a dozen goals for them, had them fighting for a European place. Uh, just give me your 60 seconds or less, vibe check on Haji Wright to Antalya Spor. We'll start with you, Tom.
1: I love this move. I, you know, Wright was rumored to Hull City, a relegation fodder team in the championship, and instead turns that down and elects to go back to Antalya Spor. It's a system he's familiar with. It's a team that's going to be mid table or above in Turkey. It's a team that he's already lit up the league with. I just if you're trying to score goals in a year where there's a World Cup step bot on the at stake going to a system where you're com- comfortable where you are going to get a lot of attacking reps where you're going to see the ball is great i i, I don't think that the championship would have been the right move and especially not hall city where he would have been on one of the worst attacking teams in the league we've seen how that works for so many striker candidates choosing a little bit lower quality league where he's going to get the attacking reps with teammates he's familiar with is just such a great move and i'm ex- really excited to see what he does
0: yeah does this increase his chances for the World Cup roster, Ryan?
1: I think so. Uh, you know, I, if
2: last year he was able to bang in 14 goals with uh, you know a team like you guys are saying he's comfortable with. So that was only in 31 league appearances. He'll have a full season with them so far. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's absolutely a steal for you know, Al, and I, I can't even say it. <laughs> Entalis. <somewhere. laughs> and tally is spore rubber mouth at this point what's crazy too is they got him for like 1.8 million euros uh in my opinion that's an absolute steal so you know it's for him to go to an environment like that where he's welcome at at such a low price and confidence being of such importance for number nine uh, i think it's huge you saw when he did come in into camp with us mnt a lot of these guys grew up playing with hachi so he's definitely a locker room favorite so, and Greg is big on the vibes. So Haji can potentially fill in the vibe role. Uh, and also if he's hot and scoring goals, we we've, we've said it the whole time. Come the World Cup, there's so many we don't have the obvious choice right now. So we want guys that are in form, scoring goals, and he's put himself in an opportunity to do that. So I think it's like Tom said, way better move than him going to, you know, whole city or something like that. You, also too think- I would say I, I was just gonna say too, like if, if you find the time, go check out his his highlights and try to find some videos of him playing in the Turkish League. I, I came away really impressed. He's a, lot, a little pacier than I expected. I mean no one's gonna mistake him for Alfonso Davies, but he gets in back behind the back line really well and his holdup play, which is something that you know he's, he's able to drop deep, is phenomenal. He uses that big frame really, really well. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think this is. He fits our system for the USMNT. So, yeah, let's just give him an opportunity to play and, and get hot.
0: Yeah, if you think Antalius 4 is difficult to say, thank God he didn't stay on his Danish team because it is like. <laughs> oh, God. St- Sonder <laughs> with a capital E at the end. I have no idea what that means or how to say it. And danish people are kidding themselves with that name i don't know who they think they are <laughs> all right let's talk quickly about this preseason and we'll we'll start right where we left off Haji Wright uh has scored daryl dike has scored jordan pifak has scored christian pulisic has scored and uh ricardo pepe had an assist then an mls in the same weekend jesus ferreira jordan morris and brandon vasquez all had goals as well um Guys, let's spend a few minutes just talking through like how how should we think about preseason when evaluating the readiness of our players going into this club season? Is, is the form of some of our number nines indicative of kind of a change in seasons for us where maybe last season and last World Cup qualifying rotation, we didn't necessarily have a nine that was scoring at a, a clip that was really acceptable for us to do any damage at the World Cup. Is this changing your opinion or making you feel any more confident going into this this next season, going into the World Cup year?
2: I think what's most exciting about it is we have some guys that are, you know, not January transfers. They've gotten more time with their clubs. And I think that's going to be a recipe for better success for them this coming season. Uh, But, you know, I I still think it's it's, you got to take the Goldilocks approach you can't get too excited can't get too bummed out about any of these performances you got to find that happy medium in the middle sure you know you like to see guys getting minutes and start in having signs that are pointing towards they're going to have a really good season um but then again like like you were saying this is pre-season a lot of times you're seeing a full shift change at halftime so these you could take a little bit away from it you know seeing that they're obviously if they're going out there and put the ball in the the net their their coach isn't going to be disappointed about that so all all, my only takeaway from when we see guys getting minutes in the preseason and having good performances and scoring uh it it hopefully says all right come the regular season that this guy should be in the running to be selected to be in the starting 11 uh specifically you know i really want to see ricardo pepe take off that's that's the one that I'm really excited about the most. If he, because I, I really think a lot of people jump ship way too early on him, and now he's had that full summer with the team and ready to do some big things.
0: Partial to your German league, Tom. What do you think?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I tend to take preseason with a grain of salt. Personally, it's just this—the pace of the game's not really there as much. The game is. You're, you're seeing so many changes. You're seeing trialists. You're seeing players who are going to go out on loan. It's, it, it, there's so much that's up in the air during the preseason that you can't really just sort of say, yes, this is really exciting. They're going to be a breakout star this year. It's exciting, like Ryan said. I think it means that you know, Coach favors them if they're getting on the field, they're getting those minutes. But I don't know how much necessarily that translates. I don't know what the data is, but I wouldn't imagine there's a huge correlation between good preseason and really strong regular season. It just sort of means that they're they're going to be in the roster come the season, or at least candidates for a strong loan in the case of a Chelsea-type system.
0: Now, I'm going to stretch your scientific brain, Tom, master of science. How do you think about form for a number nine when applied to, like, the the law of momentum? I don't even know if that's a law. I'm making it up. But basically, <laughs> like, if something is going the way it is, it's more likely to stay that way. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah i i don't know i i tend to sort of take an analytical approach see more of the positions they're getting into than the number of goals they're banging in are they getting into good spots are they generating xg are they really putting themselves in the position to succeed because scoring chances is a hot and cold thing it's very pretty random so having i really am more interested in seeing these sort of players consistently getting in the right positions and being where they need to, to put the balls in the back of the net, then I am them actually scoring the chances as a way of sort of judging how hot a striker is.
0: Yeah. Ryan, do you think it's a little too late for Brandon Vasquez to break into the squad?
2: I would at this
0: point. Yes. Uh, I would be
2: shocked with, you know, how, how much time and how, it's it's been difficult for some players to come into camp and pick things up in Greg's system right away. So yeah, with us, you know, rolling into the season with November 21st being just, you know, really right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it is a little bit too late, uh, but Hey, you know, 2026 will also be uh, a position where a lot of these guys can hopefully elevate their game. And the competition for that 2026 squad is going to be insane. So I, I would be really shocked to see if we we don't have a solid lockdown number nine at that point. Sometimes number nines just take a little bit longer to develop. It's it's the
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and that they could, they can also have longer careers. You have like a Pizarro playing with Brandon, and he was like forty one. So you know, definitely the number nine position is is somewhere in that if you sit around and get it right there, there's, a, you can never say it's too late. So I would say for him right now, it's too late for the, the cutter world cup, but, you know, glad to see him doing well. He's been, cause I think he's what, 23, 23. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, a young striker like that uh, there were some reports that came out today that, you know, even Jesus Ferreira is starting to get a lot of looks from abroad. So Yeah. It's, MLS is is doing a great job of, you know, once they made that transition and have really started to, you know, hashtag play the kids and give these these younger people an opportunity. Uh, it's it's really exciting to see, and that's the the fun part of watching some MLS games when you have the time is, who's who's the next young guy that's going to go abroad?
0: Brandon Vasquez is twenty three years old. He is 17 years younger than Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who's winning Serie A titles. At <laughs> so there is still time for this young man, but it's probably not going to be his year. Just there's two games left that we know of right in the September window before the World Cup. We kind of have to use that as a half and half for the players that are already on the fringe and then making sure that we build some chemistry towards those first few games. And speaking of games, who's going to be on that roster? It's all going to come down to the next four or five months going into that World Cup. Let's do some predictions for this club season. Um, guys, Ryan, we'll start with you. Who do you think is going to have the most goals next season for their club squad?
2: So, yeah, I, I, I should preface that this will be, because, you know, there's always the classic divide of Euro and MLS and this is so this is more predictions for the european season so comment section don't go ape shit. you know we, we just talked about or the do. love that we have for mls as well <laughs> yeah but feel, feel free to to have you know your own comments about it but we've talked about him a lot already and we talked about the form he was in before I, I really do think that haji wright's ability in my opinion from what i've seen is is above the turkish league i think you know, I think he could find if he was in a better position to be on a, a team that's going to be scoring a lot of goals in the championship or something like that. I would have wanted to see him go there. But a, a lower level team, I didn't. It's So I think, you know, if he was able to bang in 14 goals with 31 appearances last year, now more comfortable in the system, more comfortable with the players, a league level that, again, I think Haji can have a good year there this year and potentially we see him moving on to a top five league because the skill set is definitely there i was really impressed when i you know did some deep dive over the week like the weekend and looking at you know his his skill set is really impressive the kid can dribble he can get it behind the and behind the back line hold up play incredible so if all of a sudden he's putting in i would say 16 to 20 goals this year I, it's, I think it would be hard-pressed to have anybody else in Europe scoring that many goals.
0: Tom, who's your guy? I'm going
1: Christian Pulisic, which is going to be a really controversial choice. But when you look at the minutes he played last year, he didn't get many minutes. He was injured a lot. He played a lot of wing back and still managed to generate the fourth most, most goals in the entire Chelsea squad, given being ranked 16th in minutes or something like that. I think you give him a full season of rota- even just rotation with that winger position, he's going to bang in goals and he's going to do it quite frequently. I wouldn't be shocked to see him score 10 to 15 goals. And if a player like Wright's right there, right, it might be right, but I don't think that there are many players who are going to be with Pulisic's goal potential this year.
0: If we could have 15 yeah. goal contributions from Pulisic, uh, 15 from Haji Wright, we're in a good place for the world cup. I oh, think yeah. we could only hope for yeah. something like that, but. What are you going to say, Ryan? I was just going
2: to say, like, yeah, it's it's always hard when you're comparing leagues and positions and, you know, and and trying to just say like, Hey, who's just going to score the most goals, but we're just going, I I love your ops. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. But Tom, Tom, I I totally agree with you. I love the, the only thing I think you have that I don't is the optimism that Tuchel is going to play him and play him in the right, in the right position. Uh, I, obviously, you know, he's got the ability to do so. And his numbers totally proved that last year. Uh, so they, they did bring in Sterling. So, you know, that could limit the minutes a little bit, but I personally, I see no reason why Pulisic can't find his way into that 11. We just got to hope that he's, I mean, surpassing 1800 minutes. If, if he could get around that many, then yeah, my expectation would be, he's definitely
0: going to be up there
1: with the group. That's what he got last year. So yeah. if he can get above that, he's, he's gonna, he's going to cook this year.
0: You're, you're going by uh, per 90 numbers there, Tom. So hopefully Pulisic gets gets those minutes. I'm going to go with Daryl D. K. Uh, someone we've also talked about a lot, but I, the way that you feel about Haji Wright, Ryan, is the way that I feel about Daryl DK. I feel like he scores in bunches. If he can get hot, he is as confident as anyone. His goal in the preseason was an excellent diving header from some good service. West Brom is going to be Kind of mid to top table for the championship in england and daryl Dike, I feel like is just someone that is so likable as a character on this team i have to root for him um, when he was injured if you weren't following his his socials you were missing out um, with all of his shenanigans but it, it seems like if you're on a team with him you want to serve him the ball you want him to do well you want to help him and support him and daryl dk supports himself by scoring lots of goals uh, the way, again, you were watching Hachi Wright in the Turkish league. When, when I see the clips of Daryl DK at Barnsley and some of the goals that he scored and some of the audacious shots that he took and finished <laughs> from all angles. I mean, if Daryl DK can stay healthy, be on a good solid team that has support around him. I really think he can be in for 15 to 20 goals as well. But again, that that's just optimism, baby that we're coming into this next season. Um, hopefully one of them pans out. Um we we it's might be year, man. Everybody's <laughs>
2: optimistic. Yeah, yeah,
0: true. We we haven't been proven wrong yet or or hurt yet enough to, <laughs> to feel differently. All right. Comeback player of the year. Tom, maybe we'll start with you here.
1: I'm going to the back line. I think he's in a better situation this year with our newly reloaded team, and Serginho Dest is going to have a much better season than he did last year. If you watch his preseason match against Madrid last night, he looked very strong defensively, which is an area we know he's needed to work on. We know he can get forward with the ball. Barcelona has got some new signings that are going to be able to score. So I I think that Dest is in a great position to have a strong season under Javi at Barcelona.
0: I like it. Ryan, who you got?
1: Yeah, no, I like that call too, Tom. Uh, just because, you know, I, the kids
2: obviously – stood pat and saying that he wants to stay with Barca. so with some of the transfers and all the talk during the off season looks like he took it seriously so you know he's he's yeah. definitely gonna have that challenge in front of him and i think that's where des thrives when he has to prove himself day in and day out he, he he's he has the the hunger to want to stay there versus we've seen him a couple times against if it's a lower level conca calf team you get a little lackadaisical a little easy on himself so yeah, i think it's a great call tom Uh, But for me, uh, again, I'm going to keep it, you know, local to my country. And so I I don't know how we couldn't be thinking about Giovanni Reyna. I mean, he only got (laughs) 439 minutes. Yeah. For me, it seems like it's almost, I almost feel like it's taking the easy way out. But when you look at things like him only getting 439 minutes last year and some of the transfer, you know, they lost Halan. So that's going to be, you're not going to replace Erling Halan. They're just going to have to find other ways to do it. Whether it's Mukoku taking the next step, but they also brought in Adyemi, so they've got some some young guys up top that are definitely going to be in. They're definitely going to be able to stretch the back line and to create scoring opportunities. And Gio, hopefully sinking in underneath them, kind of being that distributor and also being able to you know finish a few off himself. It, you could already see kind of the chemistry he has too with Bellingham. Like he, you can tell he just loves being there. So his talent is just off the charts. I'll say it right now. I think when is all said and done, he stays healthy. I think he goes down as one of the, I think he could go down as the best American player ever. He's just so talented. Uh, But, you know, I think what you've been seeing though, no one's seen him in preseason yet. People are getting a little worried. A lot of people talking about it. So from some people I know that are, are connected to the family, uh, you know, he's just got into first team training last week. He was doing only individual training. So he, with him just getting first team minutes, I, I don't, or first team minutes, just during training, I would not get my hopes up. I don't expect him to be playing in any of these preseason games. Uh, at this point, the estimation is going to be like match week three or four potentially. So. Yeah. Again, not our strong suit as soccer fans, but, you know, we love, love to lose our shits super easy, but let's try to remain calm, remain patient and realize that this guy is the golden goose. Like, let's let's ease him back into it. Have him not re-injure any tendon injuries. And again, the transfers that BVB brought in, I think he has a big upcoming season, has a big World Cup, and then everybody gets their dream of Gio, Gio going to Real Madrid. He's
0: still a teenager. He's 19 years old. Yeah. Uh, it seems like it's been a name that we've been saying forever. And the fact that we can confidently say, maybe, I don't know, confidently, I'm going to go with it, confidently say that Gio Reyna could end up as the best US player ever and he's 19 years old, I mean, already shows that he is at a very high floor already. Obviously, we're excited about his ceiling, but his talent and skill level already is immense and fun to watch. Um I am gonna go back into MLS for this one for me, and I'm gonna put DeAndre Yeldlin as my comeback player of the year. I know he hasn't been horrible, but at the same time, I think Greg sees Serginio Dest as the backup left back to Anthony Robinson. And if we go to the World Cup and John Brooks doesn't make this team, which I am consistently losing all hope that he won't be a a part of this (laughs) roster, DeAndre Yedlin is going to be our only player with any World Cup experience. And I know he's left Turkey to become a part of the Inter-Miami squad. He's had ups and downs in MLS, but I think he can right the ship. He's 29 years old still, so for a defender, that's prime. I mean, if we can bring a great DeAndre Yedlin, informed DeAndre Yedlin, confident, fast DeAndre Yedlin with us as our backup right back and Joe Scally as well, um, or someone else finds form... I think that can do us a ton of favors going into the World Cup. And I have faith that DeAndre Edlin still has a lot to give in his club squad and back to the national team as well. Um, so, yeah, we, we did say we were going to keep it Eurocentric, but I had that one in my back pocket. I, I do have belief that DeAndre Edlin can play a part in this U.S. squad coming up.
2: Lord knows inter Miami needs all the help they can get.
0: <laughs> Jesus, that's well, where that
2: club is right now.
0: If Messi joins them, though, they'll, they'll be fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's gonna have to be like guaranteed a shot at running for president afterwards or something. Like true, it's gonna true, be a tough yeah. sell to get Messi out there. And true, I just saw Messi at PSG even last season, and from it was my first time I got to see him in person. And I, I'm not gonna say that you know I I know that what he did a lot of it at, at Barca as well. But from what I saw of him at the one game that I went to in Paris versus non, uh, dude doesn't move a lot, uh, just kind of hangs out in that 10-roll. And then when it's, when it's time to party, he, he's like, all right, it's, it's, we're going to go. We, we're going to score a goal. It's going to be something offensive. He, he puts in the work, but other than that, and so if he's doing that at Paris, just my only concern, if he goes to Inter, you're going to see even a reduced
0: level of that. <laughs> Can he do it on still a windy, still. coldy night in Portland on turf? We'll see. <laughs> All right. So we, we've covered every single transfer for this U.S. Men's National Team throughout the summer. Who is going to win the best transfer from this past summer? Brian, we'll start with you.
2: All right, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave some of the easy, low-hanging fruit for you guys. Uh, whether you know you want to talk about the P. and the Adams and the Aaronsons, and you know those are those are going to be the easy ones to go for. Uh, but I think a guy flying way under the radar is going to be Taylor Booth. Taylor Booth was on a tree, free transfer out of Bayern, going over to Utrecht, uh, over in the Eredivisie. So we've seen someone like Luca De La Torre go to a league like that, show out. Now all of a sudden he's playing in Spain. I, I'm not saying that Taylor Booth is going to end up on the plane to Qatar, but again, I was kind of talking earlier about, you know, these are these guys that could be working their way into being on the 2026 roster and a move for him to finally get up to be getting first team minutes in the air Divisie is going to be absolutely perfect. I love the kids game. He's you know, a lot of like the same things that we were saying about Tillman. You can tell he's super composed on the ball, reads the game. Well, but still has, you know, he's, he's got a little, a little bit more bite in him than Tillman does. And we're, we've always been asking, who is that backup six? Who do we have behind Adams that can really fill, the, fill in that role? And for me, it's potentially Taylor Booth. I think it's someone that it's not on a lot of people's radar right now. And this transfer for him is going to be perfect. And I expect a, a big year for him.
0: It seems like he was just starting to hit the fringes of kind of like upper Bayern 2, very low bench not seeing minutes with the first Bayern team until he got injured last season. So I, I agree. I have belief in Taylor Booth to to get minutes at Utrecht and become a force to be reckoned with. Tom, who's going to win the best transfer of the summer?
1: I'm going to go cop out this and just say it's a tie between the three goalkeepers. I think that all three goalkeepers made <laughs> excellent moves and whoever ends up being the starter in Cotter is going to end up winning the best transfer for me. <laughs> they all needed to get minutes. they All moved to great clubs. I think Turner is going to get some spot mints for Arsenal. We're going to see Stefan and Horvath be the starters for their championship clubs. All of them are excellent moves. All of them put them in great positions for that World Cup roster. And one of them is going to be the starter. And it's going to be an excellent decision by them to make a move.
0: I like that. I like that answer. I don't think it's (laughs) a cop out at all. No, I think
1: that's actually
2: super smart. Not, not a cop out at all. If anything, you have hedged your bet absolutely beautifully. (laughs) And you have guaranteed that if we, if we go back and watch this in six to eight months from now, no matter what Tom's going to be right on that one for sure.
0: (laughs) Unless Sean Johnson starts the world
1: cup. True. True.
0: Yeah, you're right. (laughs) I I am going to go with the easy answer. I think Brendan Aronson is going to win this transfer window. Um, not just because of the way that he plays, the way that he fits into Jesse Marsh's style, the way that I can already see him playing physically in the preseason against uh, teams in the Premier League. But I just think he he always, we've talked about this on the pod before, he always hits the next level as soon as he's in that competition. As soon as he reaches the next level, he's in training, he's in games, he puts himself up to the next gear. And I have so much belief this kid to be a breakout star for Leeds this this year Um, i just think he fits every single checkbox that Leeds is working to but i think he probably has just going off of his career so far he has that belief and drive in himself to be the absolute best and i can't wait to see what he does in the premier league all right last one who's going to be your breakout player of the year someone that wasn't necessarily on the radar but is going to make some noise this season. Tom, who do you think that's going to be?
1: Ooh, let's go to Ryan first. I've got a couple I'm still considering here.
0: All right, Ryan, you're up. All right. Yeah, I've, I've got
2: one that's, that's pretty solid, but I also have an honorable mention as well. This was a tough one really to, to nail down to just one, um, but I think it's got to be Richie Ledesma. Uh, you know, he is a guy at PSV that's been in that system for a long time. They've invested in him. They re-upped his contract right when he came back from having the ACL surgery. So clearly the club believes in him a lot. Again, we're saying are not getting too hot, too cold about preseason performances, but, you know, he really has had a great preseason, has been getting a fair amount of minutes with PSV's first, first team, looking like he could work his way into being a starter. Uh, this guy, again, I, I always go back to this, but... That U-20 game against France, man, Ledesma was a level above. And you, when you see him competing against guys like that and you saw him be able to slalom through defenders in the middle, his dribbling is so smooth, play through balls right at the perfect time. So, you know, Sebastian Soto gets, you know, slot in that first goal. Uh, I, he was starting to do that and got his first Europa League minutes with PSV like he was there. And in that first game was when he tore the ACL. Sure, he came back got, and he sat the bench a little bit towards the end of last season, uh, got a handful of minutes with the, the second team. But I think, you know, again, full season back healthy with a club that's fully invested in him. He's ready to pay off on that investment. So I think the, and he's a guy that Burhalter's had in camp before. So, you know, this isn't kind of earlier how we were talking about Vasquez. Is, is it too late? That's a guy that's never even been into camp. Ledesma could be a sneaky pick to find his way up in there. And then uh, one honorable mention that I do think, you know, no one's really thinking about right now, again, taking it back to the Bundesliga. Kevin Paredes has been really impressive so far this season with, or in the preseason with Wolfsburg. Uh, We haven't had a lot of luck with Americans playing at Wolfsburg in the past. So can Paredes be the first one to kind of break that mold? And, you know, he's, got a great left foot we need a backup at left back jedi is my even though he's proven that he can play every single freaking minute all the time eventually it would be nice to know that we have somebody in there behind him as as a decent backup that does play truly on the left side so quick honorable mention to paredes but my number one pick has got to be richard Ledesma.
0: fair play
1: I was considering Paredes myself. I think he's going to have a great season. It's a position of need. He's such an athletic kid. I, he just is in a great position to succeed there. But I'm going to go in a similar fashion to you with Alex Mendez, who really came on strong for, Port- for, in- for Vizela in Portugal last year. We saw him really learn how to get stuck in. We know that he also has a magic left foot. We saw how crucial that can be for a team with the U-20s this year with Jack McGlynn. So if if we keep seeing the progression for Mendez that we saw last year, he's another name that's a really sneaky pick that could make up to that fourth eight spot because he's in a great position to do it. And we saw what he could do last season.
0: Do you have another one, Tom? I don't yeah. know how many you had. And that,
1: those are the two <laughs> I was thinking of. I, I considered Kobe Henry for a bit too. I really am excited about that nice. move to France. Like he's a strong athletic defender did great USL last year. So he's another fringe guy that I could see pushing for a center box spot in the near future.
0: I don't know how this happened, but I had two as well, so we all just broke the rules. But um, <laughs> my first one, My first one is James Sands, and I think he took a little while to get up to speed in Scotland last year after his loan from New York City FC, but towards the end of the season, he started getting a lot more minutes, and he was a trusted player to come on at the end of the Europa League final, almost had the winning goal in extra time. So I'm really excited to see what James Sands can do now with Uh, a preseason with a full season with Rangers. And again, we've said that is a league that Greg trusts for the development of our players. James Sands was with the team a lot in World Cup qualifying, uh, started that game, however much you want to talk about his performance in Honduras uh, when we played the 5-2-3 and got rocked in the first half and then came back in the second. Um, So that's my first pick. I think James Sands has a lot of opportunity to break out this season. And my second pick is I don't know how much you want to say he's a breakout player or not, but I think Weston McKinney is going to break out as a world star this year. I think that a lot of Americans know what Weston McKinney can do. I think a lot of Americans put him as the first or second best player for the U.S. men's national team. But I really feel like he has the trust and belief behind him from Allegri at Juventus, and he's going to play such a large part To our success in the world cup for the us if weston mckinney can get a few goal contributions but just be a really critical part in the midfield and just not lose his place start almost every game i i feel like he's getting to that point with juventus where he is like a a keystone in their starting 11. he's a keystone to the way that they play and to their success i think weston mckinney is going to become a star this season and that's not just for U.S. fans. That's going to be for everyone across the world as well. Uh, and there's a few players that could do it. We talked about Gi Reyna. Christian Pulisic is already well-known. But, man, if Weston McKinney can have a, a truly breakout season, he's someone that I think is as close as anyone in this U.S. team that can, that can really become a world-class player.
1: I completely agree. Yeah, I, Allegri yeah, seems to trust good. him a lot. So we'll see what he does with it. I I think he could be great. Another guy Um, that
2: spent some time here in the, in the Kaiser Slaughter area, you know, he started his, his young career right here in my backyard. So obviously something I'm really excited for, for him to, to, like you said, take that leap and really, I actually was considering him for most goals, to be honest, I was sitting there thinking about it, you know, I, I, it's not going to be Morata for you, I mean, God, we've seen him <laughs> fluff enough of them. So, you know, I think West, it's going to be a team that's going to have a lot of position and be in a lot of scoring opportunities. So, yeah, I think, you know, Weston is ready to really make that next step and be, you know, everyone talks about Pulisic and Gio and kind of the more offensive minded players, if you will, or wingers uh, as, you know, Hey, who's going to end up at Real Madrid or like the, the really big club. And, Juve already is that they need to kind of get back to you know the old lady of old It's where they really are the the biggest club in Italy and you know with a strong season for McKinney, I think it's definitely possible it's cool I, I help out with the child abuse services here and right now we're doing a uh, a soccer camp in a sense after school for the kids and one of the first things I did on the first day there's only like two, it was only going on for three weeks but first day what I did was pull up a McKinney highlight video. For all these kids to say, hey, this guy that's that's playing at a top tier level right now started right here like you guys. So why not? He's he'll he's already he doesn't even know it, but he's inspiring kids (laughs) from this area and across all the United States. So I I think it's a great shot if he does take that next step. It does nothing but great things for U.S. soccer.
0: Yeah, we said it constantly for the last year since the podcast has started. But there's a lot to be excited about, everyone that's listening. And uh, since this podcast has started, I just want to say that the US has won every single domestic championship available (laughs) in all age groups, in all gender groups, and the CONCACAF Champions League. So I'm not saying it was us.
1: I'm not saying it was (laughs) a
0: podcast. But I'm not saying it wasn't either. And nobody can prove that wrong. All right, guys, that's our episode for today. We got last word. What do you have to say to the people, Ryan? Uh, If it's
2: anything, you know, like it is out here, you just stay hydrated, try to stay cool. It's hot as hell out here in Germany right now. My little podcast studio is on the third floor of our house. It's not like they have AC out here. So I am just cooking as we're sitting here recording this. So yeah, man, just enjoy your summer. It's, uh, you know, soccer's right around the corner. We've got the Premier League kicking off on August 5th, right around the corner. And, uh, you know, just enjoy that time when you can, because it's before we know it, we are going to have to have back on the weekends watching 17 games just to try to catch it all.
0: (laughs) Enjoy those weekends while you can. Yeah. Tom, what you got?
1: I'm going to make a plug for the community roster poll, which is ongoing right now on the It's Called Soccer Discord I have 16 responses Like right now. I'd love to double that before I close the poll later in the week. So if you are a member of the Discord, log on, check the poll, make sure that you get your voice in heard as to what you think the 23 will be for Connor as we stand right now. And if you're not a part of the Discord, join the Discord. Join us. It's a really fun time. We've been chatting a lot of U.S. men's, U.S. women's national team content there. It's been a really great time. And the Patreons as well have been invaluable in getting this this poll set up so thanks to them and if you want to join them and talk analytical soccer with me it's always
0: fun yeah awesome i'm not going to plug too much guys if you want it's called soccer merch merch is available if you want to support independent coverage and you enjoyed this episode and you love us and you want to give us some money you can support (laughs) on patreon Um, but otherwise just Guys, thanks so much for making this community amazing. Uh, It's really fun to do these episodes every week. It's great to do videos and, and hear from comments and people that are longtime fans now that we've been going at it for a year plus. So thanks so much. Like the video so more people can find us. And we'll see you next time on It's Called Soccer.